In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that inch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that inch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now, I can't make you do it. You got to look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now, I think you're going to see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're going to see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. As football guys, that's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Sunday to start the second hour of the sport. We're revved up again. Oh, here we go. Oh, all, you... I need, all I need is a the so, Rocky theme song. <laughs> goody, goody or beverage? Who, who's more likely to prepare one of them? Oh, beverage have come out with that for sure. Yeah, I think so. Is it? Yeah, Blighty's saying Goody's a very quiet type. Yeah. I reckon he comes across a bit that way as well. I don't know if he has it in him. I've, I've listened to that pregame before. Yep. Have you? Like playing. Oh. My playing Gets days will be well. very it's low. Is it, is it the best one in a movie? Oh, it's up there. It's up there? Yeah. Mm. I mean, we'd have to do some study on that, but it's certainly <laughs> up there. Well, um, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got a huge hour to come. Uh, David Schwartz, Lindsay Gilby to join us this hour. But right now on the phone, we have royalty, royalty from the uh, sports department at Channel 7 and Fox Footy. Uh, and that's Sandy Roberts. G'day, Sandy. Good afternoon, boys. Good to be with you. And I feel like running through a brick wall <laughs> after listening to that. Uh, <laughs> how good is it? You reckon that's one of the best yeah. ones in a movie? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's, uh, but unfortunately, nowadays, coaches aren't quite like that, or not nearly as much. No, I think we're missing the You know, the yeah. days of Ron Barassi and Ted Witten Sr. are long gone, and it's now the thinking man's game, if you like, uh, like, like the two coaches we've got this year, Simon Goodwin and Luke Beveridge. Well, Sandy, we've, uh, we were talking a bit about it, yeah, before, about if any of them would be delivering a speech like that, and we're thinking probably not, but we had a man on a couple of weeks ago in Gary Ayres who was still given those, and we think he might still be giving those up at the Montrose Footy Club in the coming years too. Yeah, I reckon, Gary, you won't change, Gary. Uh, <laughs> he'll, still be, he'll be going as he was going 20 years ago. Nothing will change him. Now, Sandy, well, I just want to talk to you not so much about footy because it's just a pleasure to have you on. To start, but to start with, we just had the Olympics. It's something you also yep. commentated on. I mean, you shaped the landscape along with a couple of others. You must have been really pleased with what you heard coming out of the Olympics as far as commentary because it was just spot on, wasn't it? This year, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, it was amazing. It's, um, look, it's a bit like the footy as well it's in the last two years. It's, it's very difficult to call a race or to call a competition or to call a football game just off a monitor because all you see is what's on the monitor. You can't see what's happening down in the forward line or you can't see what's happening behind play. If you're doing a, an 800-metre race or a 400, whatever, 
they might concentrate on the, the front three or four. You can't see surges at the back and things like that. So you're restricted. So, look, I think uh, I think it was a fantastic job, and it really, the Olympic Games came along at a time in this state uh, at exactly the right time. I mean, it's, it's been a pretty crappy couple of years, and things like the Olympics and footy have been a saviour. And Sandy, on that, with with the knowledge that, that you have yourself and Bruce and, and those sort of mecca people. Who do you enjoy listening to now and who do you think sort of going to bring us through and be the next sort of group of commentators? That's a a really tough question. Um, If you're speaking football-wise, I think a couple of guys have really um, shown great improvement in the last couple of years and some have handled the COVID situation better than others. Uh, I think uh, James Brayshaw and Luke Darcy have improved uh, a great deal over the past couple of years. Um, there are other younger guys like Mark Howard who's coming through really well. Uh, I, to me, the secret is you've just got to be natural. You, you, people can see through you if, you, if you're a fake. Um, like I learned through guys like Lou Richards, uh, Ted Whitten, um, Butch Gale, uh, Mike Williamson, and all of those guys were not just lovers of football, but they were entertainers. And we've got to remember, it's, it's a game. And it's the people's game. So they want to be entertained. Um, so if, if people can master that, I think, and I think those guys I mentioned can, then I think the game's in pretty good hands. You mentioned sort of, yeah, letting it come like you've got to be a, a lover of the, the sport and things like that. How much of your commentary, Sandy, was in your preparation and how much of it was in just being in the moment when you're actually calling a game? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Um, there are some people uh, who would like to, to think really hard about what they're going to say in the game. In fact, they will, they'll write lines down and take them to the game and hope that in that game, one line will be applicable and they're able to use it. Whereas um, I was someone who just uh, let it run, let it happen. And the the classic example I had, and I was very lucky because I could have had a real egg on my face, was a goal by Gary Ablett, senior, that won goal of the year. And I called it and he was probably... 50 metres out, maybe a bit more with a wet ball and um, I can't remember the exact lines I used. I'm sure you can, Sandy. (laughs) Well, uh, uh, something along the lines of Gary Ablett's a light, here is the magician at work, he shoots towards goal, what more can you say? Now I said, what more can you say? And that had gone to air while the ball was still in the air, so... Uh Fortunately for me, it went through for a goal because he was my favourite player, so I just took the punt that he would kick it. But I would have had egg on my face if he'd kicked it behind and I'd said, what more can you say? Yeah, <laughs> so it's just a great line. Uh, and it was good, yeah, as you said, it was lucky it went through. Um, you've also yeah. had a few, few other great moments. One was the pig um, at, at the Sydney Cricket Ground that day. Um, and um, you got to you actually knew the breed of it. Were you yeah. sort of a pig yeah. fascinator or you know, anything like that? Fascinator, <laughs> that's a word. <laughs> made that word up. Yeah. 
The old large white land race cross. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, actually, the guy rang me um, sometime after that, and I did a story with him, and he told me, he was from Melbourne, and he told me how that he got on a train and he went to Sydney. He had a Hessian bag and uh, some <laughs> red marker, and he looked up the phone book when he got there in Sydney for piggeries on the outside outskirts of Sydney. He found one, went and bought a porker pig, bought it back. Now, at the SCG, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the players and the media, uh, to get into the SCG, there's a little set of stairs going down to a door which is right on the edge of the street. And you just, you can walk in there, and if you walk through, you can either get the lift to go up to the commentary box, or you can take a right, and that will take you straight out onto the ground, or into the stand at the ground level. So that's what he did. He he got the pig, he wrote number four on it and spelt plugger very badly. Then he uh, went to the ground with the hessian bag and the pig. He got through somehow. Um into the ground, got on the rails and let the pig go and the rest is history. <laughs> that's incredible. That's a great effort. Oh, but just, but did you, did you, did you was that a joke that you, you, you looked it up, what the actual type of pig it was or did you even know? No, we, we never did. Uh, the, the only thing that came out of it um, was a trivia question. Right. Who was the Sydney player who caught the pig? <laughs> right. Holmes? Darren Holmes. Darren Holmes, yep. Darren Holmes yes. Yep. Well, he's, he's a friend of one of our, our panellists here, so... OK. Yeah. Well, he might know what's happened to the pig. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Part of it could have finished up on his dining room table. Bacon somewhere. Possibly. I was chasing the pig in the wombat. Sandy, just uh, on your commentary career, what's something that you would have loved to have commentated but never got the chance? Um... Well, the way it worked out, um, Seven uh, had the rights to football, golf, tennis and Olympics. Now, I I love all those sports, so I was very fortunate, but uh, I really love cricket. And we never really got the chance. I think I did a couple of uh, one-dayers in the middle of the night with the late Max Walker for seven uh, when we had a one-off right to a best of three one day or against England in England or something like that. So, um, But really, I, I, I certainly can't complain. You know, I've, I've loved every minute of it. I, I, I suppose if there was one thing, boys, um, I did a lot of Olympics, but I never, ever called an Australian winning a gold medal. Now, that's probably because of the sports uh, that I called, uh, namely principally diving, uh, gymnastics, and they were lower-profile sports as far as Australians were concerned. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I missed out. But, uh, look, it's, it's not a major regret, I can assure you of that. Never tried to talk Bruce into slopping around a couple of the athletics or the swimming events, Sandy? <laughs> or would he never yeah. let, he'd never let them go, would he? I could try, but I don't think I'd have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a good relationship with Bruce? Because, I mean, he's yeah, one of yeah, the best. Yeah, we were, well, we go back so far, both coming from um, Adelaide and 
he took my spot in Adelaide at seven, and then he came over to ten, and then eventually joined seven. So, no, we've gone on very well for a long, long time. Yeah, definitely. What's it like calling a grand final, Sandy? Um, you've called a few in your time. Um, is this the, the pinnacle yeah. of um, broadcasting, sort of, in football and uh, you know Australian sport? Yeah, look, there's no doubt uh, in this country it, it is. I think you know it's, well, it's just a great thing to do. I mean, the the best moment for me always has been um, when the two sides line up, you stand for the national anthem. And it's just it's just a magical feeling within the ground, and it's you could hear a pin drop. Well, not you can hear the national anthem, but that's it. Yeah. But the roar at the end of the national anthem uh, is spine tingling, and then the players go to their positions, and away you go. I mean, it's um, it's it's uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful occasion, and you you know obviously you're pretty tight and relatively nervous before you start but once you get into it um, you know it's, it sounds like a cliche but it's almost just another game unless you know every every grand final is different like the first one I did calling I hosted a lot in the 80s but the first one I called was Essendon Collingwood in 1990 well that was the drought breaker for Collingwood against the side Essendon who went in as red hot favourites and managed only five goals, so that game got turned on its head. Mm. But then you get, you know, those wonderful West Coast Eagles uh, premierships in the early 90s with Matera running right. Um, you know, yeah. Then you had the the Brisbane Lions uh, trifecta, Port Adelaide breaking through. I mean, it, there have been so many mm. great grand finals. Everyone says, oh. The 89 probably is the standout. Well, I suppose for closeness, excitement and the Gary Ablett factor, uh, they're probably right. But uh, every grand final is different. Just ask Stevie Milne, who copped that cruel bounce Mm -hmm. um, in the grand final and denied the Saints uh, a flag. And, of course, the drawn grand final. there are so many great memories, boys. Oh, there is, and that's what makes the grand final. It's just uh, great memories. Um, now, Dennis Committee, we got him on next hour, mate. I'm sure you've got yep. uh, memories of Dennis. Um, it's his last game uh, coming up on Saturday for calling it. Um, what, are you, what are your memories of Dennis, and what was it like working with him? Uh, absolute professional um, and a lovely guy. I don't know whether you guys are aware or not, but Dennis and I, knew each other before we finished up here in Melbourne. He was in Perth working on a radio station called 6pm The Pleasure Machine. Oh! Wow! What happened on that radio show? (laughs) (laughs) And I went over there as a young journalist and got a job at 6pm in the news department. So (laughs) we knew each other then and just it's ironic that we both finished up over here but he's a He's a wonderful caller. He's a wordsmith. Um, he knows the game, uh, and he's just a really decent guy. So it's his last game, is it? Yeah. Well, that's being brought up this week. Uh, it's a Triple M in Perth. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's his yeah, officially last game. I mean, his last game for Channel Seven was uh, 2016. Yeah. Before. No, he's had a he's had a great run, and um, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good man. Give him my best. <laughs>
Will do. We talked before, Sandy, about, you know, preparation versus sort of calling it in the moment. And we know, like you say, Dennis had that way with his turn of phrase. How much of that did he actually take into the game? Or did was it really just he's that quick-witted that he would fire off these trademark lines without even well, giving he, it a second thought? Well, he had thought? them. He had them. I think, look, he could tell you, but I think he, he loved listening to American sport mm. and the broadcasters. And I, I think he might have been able to glean stuff from that. I, I, you could ask him about it. Um, you know, how, how did he come to find these extraordinary phrases uh, that he came up with? Because I can't answer it, but I, I guess he probably could. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll give him a shout. We'll give him a shout out, mate. Um, now, uh, Sandy, give us your tip and uh, your Norm Smith medal for uh, Saturday, mate. Well... If I tip Melbourne, yes, which I'm going to do... Good, you'll be invited back on our show. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the man that's going to win it for them will again be the man that won them the preliminary, and that's Max Gorn. Big Max. Ooh. Yep, no, very yep. good. No, he, you know, he's got, like, t- Tim English uh, and Steph Martin have huge challenges. Yes. And if Max gives them the demons first juice in the middle uh, I think they'll be hard to stop Sandy was here um, just for me my personal just the way of the, your emotion in just talking about grand finals today just takes me to there now and we listened to that thing before you came on and that fired me up but you've, you've fired me up just as much I'm ready to play <laughs> thanks so much good on you well I hope you play an absolute blinder <laughs> <laughs> very good Sandy thank you so much for joining us uh, this, uh, this evening really really appreciate it it's a pleasure boys have a good grand final